0: Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? Somebody give. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck?
1: With Mark Marin.
0: Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the ears? What the fucking... Oh, man, did I just run out in my brain? It's probably better off. I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thanks for listening. Thank you for all the great feedback on the recent shows. I appreciate it. Uh, wow. When you're listening to this, I'm going to be in Australia. How does that grab you? So it's probably the day before yesterday when you're listening to this where I am because I don't understand the time difference, and that's a stupid old joke. Let's get into something important. Today on the show, from the hangover, Ed Helms, he's going to jam. Uh, I'm going to turn my phone off. We're going to try that. That wasn't my phone. That was the, uh, computer noise, right? All right. There, you know, I could systemize this. I could say, all right, before I turn the mic on, bang, phone goes off. Boom. Volume on computer goes down. Pow. Uh, I just shit my pants. Just coffee. Co-op. Hold on. We're doing it backwards this time. Oh, I, I don't know what happens after that. If I do the pow first. Anyways, JustCoffee.coop, which I visited in Madison. I think I told you about that. Let's go. You know what? I got to be honest with you. I uh, am not a hypochondriac. I was. I think we've talked about that here on the show. But I had a thing happen in a hotel room that I got to share with you because I kind of went through the ringer. Not a big ringer. It's a luxury problem to be as in my head and festering as I am. But I was just sitting there in my hotel room sucking on one of these Italian licorice candies that I like that you can only get in Italy it seems is amarello, Amarilli, Am- amarelli I don't know but they're very strong and I'm just sitting there sucking on a licorice candy minding my own business doing a little work poking around online who knows what and I start running my tongue in my mouth and I feel a little pain in my over here on my uh, by my side of my mouth you know it's a little like a cankery kind of pain and I get those so I'm like I yeah, must be a little canker sore i think i burned my mouth on some noodles the other night and i'll just keep festering with it and just poking at it i'm like ah christ what the hell is that it feels a little bigger than usual you know and uh you know all right so then i get to that point where i'm like i better go take a look at this so i go into the bathroom and i start prodding around in my mouth now if you get into this ocd thing where you start feeling for bumps and lumps and whatever it depends what you're into which part of your body you want to poke around in in order to determine whether or not you can self-diagnose so i'm looking in my mouth i pull my lip down and sure enough there are all these nasty looking brown spots in my mouth to right down beneath my lip on the left side not a lot of them they weren't huge but they they looked bad you know anything in the mouth that's not supposed to be there looks bad and usually it's like oh that's i bit my my lip there that oh that's a mark from what you can track it down but i would never seen this color before so immediately i'm like fuck i have mouth cancer I have mouth cancer. There's no doubt about it. And like within seconds, I went through the Kubler-Ross, you know, five stages of grief. Like I look at my mouth and I'm like, "Oh, denial. That can that can't be mouth cancer." I no, I, I mean it could be, but it's not. It's not. Anger. Fuck. Fuck, I have I have mouth cancer. Bargaining. Oh god, please. I just, you know, make this not be mouth cancer. Depression. Uh, fuck. I, I guess it's over. Acceptance. Well, you know, people get cancer. I guess is what I'm going to die of, fucking mouth cancer. There goes my career. There goes everything. Now, there's not a fifth thing on there, and that should be here's a little advice. Don't Google cancer. Don't Google cancer. Even if no matter what, don't Google cancer, man. I go right to Google, I look up mouth cancer, and I am just assaulted by images of all kinds i mean just nasty lumps cysts weird teeth falling out tongues missing brown festering black and blue blood pus you know disfigured faces but you know what in all my investigation i found nothing that looked like what was in my mouth so now i'm a little relieved and i gotta think it through what is going on in my mouth dude and i was completely willing to accept my fate you know things happen i'm getting older i got a little pain in my shoulder right now running down my arm i don't know am i going to clinch my chest who the fuck knows? It's a hobby of mine. I don't do it all the time, but sometimes I think about it. So anyways, I start thinking. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. Wait, Mark, hey, the licorice. You've been sucking on those licorices. And basically what had happened is I realized that from eating the licorices, because my t- I looked at my tongue and it was a little brown because of the licorice. And I'm like, the licorice dyed a canker sore in my mouth brown. Man, was I I excited to to have that I was I, I relieved I was relieved and in that moment I had beat cancer I'd beat cancer and this all took place in the course of like maybe 12 minutes I was like a fucking Columbo of the mouth I just broke that shit down little investigation putting some stuff together next day didn't see the spots just a normal kind of burn in the mouth from the noodle or a canker sore or whatever but man it, it feels good to have you know, it's, it's in you know when you come through something like that and you beat cancer in 12 minutes it changes a guy hey yeah
1: testing testing
0: you just turned me up way loud oh I did yeah let me see what it does on that third mic. We might not even need it. I mean, you know, we're not we're not doing a musical recording. Yeah, no, we are. That's, we, oh. <laughs> that's why I came. Oh, yeah. I don't even know that we need that other mic. I might need it more for me. What do you... Am I out of tune? Give me... What do you got? Ed Play Helms is in the garage, by the way. A B?
1: <laughs> a G chord. Play a G chord.
0: I You're might be out. I'm out. Pretty out. Wow. You're
1: flat. Your guitar is really flat. How to get that flat?
0: How long you been playing? Wow.
1: Um, a long time. Uh, since I was a teenager.
0: This is where this is that thing where I'm in tune now for a long time. That's a beautiful guitar, can, by the way. You can tell me about your. Uh, so you were a teenager. Where'd you grow up at? As I tune.
1: <laughs> um. Uh. Wait. First, you have to tell me what the story on that guitar is. Where
0: did you buy it? This is a weird guitar. I've learned some things about it. This is a 1965. It's a I think it's called an FJN, it's a Gibson, and it was uh, it's like I learned something new about it. I was on it's got this weird little classical neck on it.
1: Right. It's got a, a fat a wide right.
0: neck. It's like a flamenco guitar, but it's 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 made for steel strings. I was told that it was made for uh classical players transitioning to steel strings, but then I talked to a dude who said it was an acu- it was really a nylon string guitar. These are flamenco pick guards. The reason there's right. two,
1: yeah, you've got the double square, but it's, uh,
0: but it's a, it's it's set up for steel.
1: Yeah, the the tuning pegs are not classical style at all. But though you're right, those uh, those are the what do you, what, what do you call them on flamenco guitars? The, Thumpers uh, or flappers yeah. or
0: poppers or some shit. Thump guards, or something, something like that. that. So what do you play? Bluegrass? Yeah. I yeah, mean, just... like, did you? Uh oh, that's pretty close. Oh wait! Oh fuck, dude. How that hold on, let me see. Oh, it's so close.
1: Screwed up. Nice. (laughs) There was a little something.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful, dude.
1: Oh yeah, thanks.
0: So you now, so you're growing up now. Now I I don't assume that uh, you have Appalachian roots. I don't. Well,
1: my mom is from Nashville and my dad's from uh, Montgomery. Yeah. So Southern roots, um, but I don't know. You grew up with the music. Not really. I mean, I grew up. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. It's not like a <laughs> yeah, so you grew up like everybody town. else,
0: listening to uh, Van Halen, Yes, and, <laughs> and Zeppelin. Um, do, you, do you know there's Zeppelin on the there's banjo on that Zeppelin song? I was just talking oh, about. Oh, out of the tiles. Oh, uh, Gallows oh, Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Bump, 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 bum. Right. Yeah, and, it has that. It like fades well, in. Well, I wonder what that...
0: I don't know what they would be doing. You play in G dun, usually. Dun, 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 I don't know that. I don't really know what it is. It, it actually uh, screws that song up for me a little bit. Like I, I think I think, it, uh,
1: I think it's a one of those. It, it's sort of. There's that. What is that? Steve Miller song. Um, that, where it just fades in so nicely. Come on! It gives a
0: little, a little. Pep. It gives a texture. I agree with you. A little peppiness. So when you are a kid, you just like you didn't grow up with country music, and you decided to learn how to play banjo because that's no easy thing to learn. Like I'm a very sloppy guitar player, but banjo takes a, a little more precision.
1: Uh, yeah, it takes a lot of discipline that I don't have. I'm I would be like what you might call a mediocre, uh, intermediate banjo player. Um, but I'm always improving. I'm always working at it and trying to get better. It's it's. Do sort you blow off
0: steam like that. Um I mean you just got I mean you literally came over here from the set of the office didn't you? Yes. Literally. And you uh, and you shot how many how many, how much how long were you over there?
1: It was a long day actually. Um I got there at about 7:30. Yeah. And what time is it now? It's like 9.
0: So do you, so it's so funny to me that like you know what I did today? I interviewed uh, Bobcat Goldthwait here in the garage. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I wonder and,
1: why this microphone smelled weird.
0: Yeah, it's Bob, and uh, and uh, I prepared some food for a, a, a woman that I just started dating again. It's very, uh, it's awkward and tense in there, and it's great. Oh, good. Yeah, I didn't sense that. At no, all. no, no. It's because uh, oh, she is lovely. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're there all day making funnies with Steve Carell.
1: Yeah, and Will Ferrell's on this week. He is. So yeah. you're working with Will. It's in. Yeah, it's bananas. So
0: now, how much improv do you do?
1: Um. Oh, you know, a lot, but it's very, it's within a very narrow margin. Does that make sense? Sure. We're not, we're not flying off the handle, like going on these long kind of Apatowian rants that, that we sort of then will cover 10 different ways to make sure we have it. it. We really just, it's sort of a matter of like experimenting with, um, uh, with which line might work best or some little right moment. Well it's like little moments get so improvised. it's never sort of like okay
0: the idea is you guys have yeah. just eaten lunch go <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> You're a truck driver
0: <laughs> and you're a lawyer and you just sat down at a cafe <laughs> and it's raining. go <laughs> <laughs> I just have a, I have a I, for some reason in my mind because I don't know will Farrell nor do I know Steve Carell but uh, but I just assume that uh, will is just a nonstop like can't turn it off guy. That's not true at all.
1: Really? actually. neither one of those guys are like that. Um, just you, huh? Yeah, <laughs> they're, uh, they're like, I'm, and- I'm go go go. I'm the one everybody's rolling their eyes at. <laughs> uh, they're uh, they're both just. I mean, uh, I, I, I I don't even want to sound I don't want to say it because I sound sycophantic or something. But they're just like super mellow dudes. Yeah, and when and when we're not. Uh, like when we're not shooting, we're not riffing. It's just kind of hanging out, um, talking about Libya or whatever.
0: Really, that was the conversation today. That I Gaddafi. Think,
1: I think it. I think it popped up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's do. Uh, we'll do one more song, and then we're going to put the instruments down, <laughs> okay. and we're going to uh, we're going to talk. Because I know that guys holding instruments that can play them, there's just part of them that just wants to keep playing the instrument. Do you sing a song? Because you're um, a singer, right? Yeah, but I don't really
1: sing and play banjo at the same time. It's hard, right? Yeah. That's not true. I do it. Uh, uh, here we go. Over yonder, stay. I in another man. Oh, the last time I saw. I threw you. It has this weird thing where the singing part's different than the instrumental part. Okay. Uh, But uh, I'll just do one more verse. Here we go. Pretty flowers were made for blooming. Pretty stars were made to shine. Pretty girls were made for loving. Little Maggie was made for mine.
0: There we go, Ed Helms, ladies well, and gentlemen, Ed Helms. That
1: was sloppier than I like to, uh, than I like to put out there. But you know what? It's late in the day,
0: no warm up. I think we blew a little steam off, though. I yeah. think that you got to... It's nice to to start. I don't know how the hell you're dealing with everything that you're dealing with. I mean, you're you're about to become a movie star. Do you feel that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Isn't Cedar Rapids a, a big? It, when does it open this week? we haven't not done our job if you're asking that question
1: it is it rolled out uh february 11th in select cities and now it just keeps it keeps expanding and uh we got to get the word
0: out see if i were a professional interviewer i would have been on top of that i would have seen it you would have sent me a screener wait this is
1: you're not professional
0: no i you know me i'm mark maron i'm the guy (laughs) that you knew i'm the i mean we're in my garage uh but you're getting a lot of great press for you know you carry the movie. I mean you're a leading guy now. Oh, thank you. And you, you're one of the few comedians that can do that. Well,
1: it's uh it's an exciting it's an exciting time for yeah. sure. And I, I'm really proud of that movie. And I hope I, I we're just trying to get the word out. That's the thing that like I, I it's a I'm so I'm so psyched about it. And John yeah. C. Riley's so just insanely funny in it and then we got a great i think it's at like 85 percent on rotten tomatoes but we uh that's pretty good just got to get because uh, those guys are kind of
0: assholes right yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so we only got a
0: few splats now what do you do to get asses and seats when you have something like a small release like that what is required of you What does the studio said what's it's on you to do it because i remember when Patton came out with the fan you know, he came on the show, and I did everything I could to help him. And I will do everything I can to help you. This uh, We're going to post this in two months. Is it still going to be playing? <laughs> uh, you know what? If we get uh,
1: if we get King's speech legs, then yes, that'll be great. We'll be just starting to slow down in two months. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're just kind of m- marching me out everywhere, uh, everywhere that I can go. And what this was great because you reached out kind of, and it was a – Per- perfectly serendipitous so I'm thanks for having
0: me yeah well I mean I think we'll probably if I can help you and uh this t- turns out we've already done something I've never done which is we had a real jam session kind of yeah that that was we should have practiced no I think that I think just the raw yeah I mean maybe we'll do you I, the raw emotion yeah it was you just you know say? it was just like we were like we got our instruments <laughs> let's do this yeah. I mean I'm sure if we had a lot of hours to do it we could pull a, a record out of that yeah now, when you let's let's go back into Ed Helms's life because I don't know that people know you. Good, and, and you're a very uh, spectacularly funny person. Thank you. And I knew you when uh, you know you were just a guy that was trying to do stand up. Yeah, you uh, you were you were like I was already old and bitter by the time you started. Well, no, I but you were born that way, right? Sure. Yeah. No, I I, I came to that naturally. Uh, yeah. But um... right away, I, one of my first words was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I think this my, my mom told me. <laughs> This is uh, bullshit. That was my second. Are month. you
1: fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> that was. Yeah. I'm Mark Marin for God's sake.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was exactly um, it. <laughs> uh, I, uh,
1: yeah, when I got to New York and started doing stand up, you were uh, very much on, in the. Uh, you were. On, it was like Luna uh, you, Lounge. Yeah, or... the Luna Lounge and all those things that I was desperately trying to get noticed to do, and uh, I even uh, I. You even made me give you a hand job at one
0: point. Yeah, I know. Well, that was what I used to do then, I and I didn't know. I didn't put you on, did I? <laughs> no, you still you, didn't put me on you stage. You fell for that fucking trick. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not the only guy, though. There's a lot of uh, guys that have gone on to big things <laughs> that fell for that hand job trick. You were just the first guy that actually talked oh, about it, and God. I appreciate it. No, I, th- I remember I was sort of uh, an, uh, an asshole to you at some point. I little... don't... Well, uh... Like, after you got the daily I was show. scared of you. Right. I was
1: definitely a little intimidated by you, because yeah. you, uh... Well, you were very, you you had like a real reputation as like a uh, a guy that, um, I don't know, you just were kind of killing it in in the clubs every night. And that's sort of where I wanted to be. And that alone intimidated me. And then you rarely talked to me. Uh, yeah, I, and I, 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 I would that's... put you up. I, I hosted uh, the New Talent Showcase at the now defunct Boston Comedy Club. That's right. For about four years. And I
0: gave you stage time. That's right. Because it made me feel cool to have you on my show. And you were sort of a contemporary of my ex-wife's. Uh, yeah, I, we, Mishnah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you knew, guys, I yeah. knew you guys were together. I didn't realize you were married. Oh, married, divorced. Been a long haul. Oh, you wow, know, yeah. We, we got to keep up a little more, me and you. Oh, yeah. We and keep you in the loop. Yeah, well, let's turn the mics off. Yeah. Let's just, just catch get up, up here. To speed. No, we can do that but right here on the mics. Um, but I remember when you got The Daily Show because they, they, they did that first round of like searching for correspondence, and then after you had done that a while and you were kicking ass on that, you started to tour, and I remember talking to you about it because it was like all of a sudden now people were coming to see Ed Helms out of, out of nowhere, really, correct? Yeah. Because before that, you were still sort of struggling. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. And what? how did you fucking... Um, like dude, when you went to college, you did, was this the plan, dude? Um, you know, uh, the plan was
1: to go to New York and try to do comedy. That so, was it? so yeah, that was. The, I guess it is sort. Of, this was the plan, and, and I just, uh, I kind of had, I kind of wanted to go in a in an indie film-makey kind of direction. Yeah. at one point, and I was flirting with that, and what, then I just writing and
0: directing and doing that.
1: Yeah, all that really pretentious stuff sure. that, that you get really excited about, and when you're in college, in college, <laughs> yeah. and very, it's all romantic and, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and that that was that was something that that I thought would be cool, but I just kept I kept going back to this place of, um, I just I, I I seem to do better when I'm acting like a jackass, like I just seem to succeed when I'm <laughs> acting like a jackass. That just seems to be the only place where i'm appreciated <laughs> so uh i i kept going back to it and then and, and i really I, once i got into the trenches in new york stand-up yeah. i i really felt like i was i loved it it was so fun you even, were a successful even jackass these, even with all these like horrible abusive people like you yeah you know uh, trying to keep me down and sure kick, kick me around yeah <laughs> um it was so fun and stimulating and uh it, dark and weird and exciting and that those were those were fun years and then i but i always sort of thought i would get an i i would get like a saturday night live audition or something right. at some point and then around my late 20s around 27 or so a bunch of my contemporaries were starting to get that get those auditions who were your things. friends you know guys like dimitri yeah. martin and and sloven and
0: alan and you guys were all pals that was your crew
1: well, those guys were, yeah,
0: yeah, they're good guys. Yeah. You pick nice people to surround yourself with.
1: Yeah, well, that that
0: no darkness, there, there, no there, drugs. There were
1: <laughs> there were some less nice people around those those times too, but there was a lot of. What was cool is that everybody did kind of stick together because, and I'm sure, like I feel, I always felt like you were part of a the the class, like a I don't know if if you want to uh, sure make the college analogy, yeah. you were like a couple years ahead of yeah ahead of us and. And, I was uh, probably
0: the guy that was probably undergrad for six years, and they were, you were like, "Yeah, he's still hanging out at the campus."
1: <coughs> <laughs> um, but but it was yeah, it was sort of like you you kind of stuck with your pack, yeah, you know, and you you and Todd Berry and like right and Janine and right. all those folks kind of that was your pack, right? We didn't have a prayer hanging out with
0: you guys, no, <laughs> with me and Todd Berry. Yeah, there was an intimidating <laughs> crew. Me and Todd going, yeah, hey, Todd's in there going, "Hey buddy,
1: hey buddy."
0: <laughs> Do you have a cat, by the way? Yeah, why? I'm feeling it. Oh, you got allergies? Yeah. They don't really spend time in here, but maybe inside. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Are I you going to be fine. all right?
1: Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll probably start coughing and hacking
0: and itching right. more. And that, that'll, the that'll be the signal on. that we're done. So what did you study at Oberlin?
1: Um, Oberlin has a uh, this thing called the ind- uh, independent major, where you um, can sort of outline your own course of study but you have to submit an application. It's like this whole process, approval process, because they don't give it to, they don't allow a lot of people to do it. Maybe, right. Maybe like four or five people per class do it. Yeah. But I got to the, um, my, the end of my sophomore year, and I realized I wasn't going to graduate in four years, unless <laughs> I figured out a way <laughs> to glue together all the courses I'd already taken <laughs> into some kind of coherent blob <laughs> of a major. Yeah. So, Uh, so I kind of invented this major called film theory and technology (laughs) and, um, and what that involved was exhausting the film department, which was no, which you couldn't major in. Right. There was just like a bunch of film classes. Yeah. So I took all of those, some theater mixed in, Yeah. uh, and a bunch of computer science classes, yeah. which I just thought was I was kind of into, and I just was like, "That's the technology part." Because <laughs> ra- around that time, yeah, like special effects movies yeah. were starting sure. to happen, and you, yeah, and uh, and you had
0: to present this.
1: Well, yeah. yeah, so I wrote up this whole huge application, and I went before a board, and I convinced them that that this was a, a, a reasonable thing, and and it was a lot. Of, uh it was a lot of horseshit but I have to say you know the fact that I got in there and sold it uh um I think that actually gave it some some validity somehow yeah you know and I and I went off to NYU for a semester or two to the film school at NYU and that that I also that I think gave it a little more integrity
0: were you were there with anybody that uh that you still stay in touch with or work with
1: yeah actually Uh, at Oberlin or NYU? NYU. I went to NYU. I was a visiting student there for uh, one semester, and it was part of this program called Spring at Tish. Yeah. And uh, in the film program, and this one guy is still one of my best buddies. His name is Mark Webb, and now he's directing Spider Man. Wow.
0: Yeah. And that's the way it works. Uh, So you got yourself a little part in Spider Man?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No.
0: No. No. Okay. Yeah, I
1: should. Have, you're you're right. I yeah, hadn't I, mean, I hadn't
0: thought of it, but
1: Mark stiffed me.
0: Yeah, that's the way it's I'm supposed to, to, to work. Ed, you're supposed to make calls and say, "Hey, buddy, yeah, what's up? We're both doing well." You know, you're right. He directed an episode <laughs> of The Office last year. I mean, what the fuck? How did there, he not call you? Where's my payback? Yeah, that's what
1: friends are for. Can't right? you be like a goofy
0: reporter or some? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> I did that already in uh, Evan Almighty <laughs> with Steve Carell. So, how did you like?
0: It seems to me that you guys. The one thing I don't understand. Uh, about uh i think you're becoming sort of a, a character actor but 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 before that you were a comic actor and it seems like guys like Carell, guys like uh uh Farrell and yourself you you know what it is that's funny about you fairly specifically and and you get cast for that on some level now was that a, deci- a decisive thing i mean do you turn on something that you said it was jackass mm-hmm. but i think that's uh that's giving it short shrift but i mean do you know the type of juice you have to turn on to be funny um, uh, that's a, that's a good question. Cause you are sort of a type. I mean, you've now, you know, you in the hangover movies, you're, you're an earnest. Yeah. But, uh, you know, an earnest doofus. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're, you're,
1: you've hit on it. And people have been asking me lately, like, do you worry about being typecast? And I'm. I'm kind of like, well, I'm not going to get... No one's going to give me the James Bond parts, <laughs> so, you know? I mean, we have to be realistic about our parameters here. Right. I am what I am, and I'm going to get the parts that I'm right for. Um, so, uh, yeah, I do... And, and, and also, it happens to be the things that I like doing comedically are are the, are the kind of earnest chumps, in a way. Uh-huh. Something, or doofus, as you put it. I like that, earnest doofus. Um I kind of feel uh, like I move through the world a little uh, more earnest than uh, than people. Like uh, always, sort of not understanding what's going on around me, and uh, and so I relate to those characters. Like it's fun. It's the last guy to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last guy. And I really was like the the guy in high school that was the the last to find out about the cool part where the cool party was or whatever now i wasn't the guy i wasn't like an outcast i wasn't right. somebody that like if i showed up it was not like i got beat up and right. kicked out or anything but no one would just think to tell me these things
0: so you'd always show up last and everyone was sort of closing up shop and you're like hey what's going on oh yeah
1: that will right hear about it monday morning
0: what do you mean there was
1: a party <laughs> i'll never forget uh i went to a blockbuster video yeah one like a saturday night in high school and this really hot chick from my high school was there yeah and uh and i saw her and i bumped into her and i was like oh my god what's my what's my lie yeah why am i home on a saturday yeah. night and i was like uh uh my, my cousin's in town so we're just hanging out <laughs> yeah. i thought i'd go i thought i'd rent you know uh Fletch and uh, just we'd hang out and watch it and we got some guacamole and whatever so anyway see you Monday and then I I went home it wasn't it it took me like 10 years to look back on that moment and realize like that girl was renting a movie on Saturday night too (laughs) like why why am I the loser why did I just assume I was a loser because I was home on Saturday night so was she that's right yeah a missed
0: opportunity (laughs) you could have said why don't we watch this together
1: right or or I could have been like Hey, what's your excuse?
0: Yeah, be at home on a Saturday night. That probably would have got you in better. I yeah, cuz you would have been a
1: dick. No, but I, I I I think a lot of my time in New York City uh doing stand up helped me find uh and I never got to a point doing stand up that I I felt like I was super cons- super consistent. I was all, I got to a place where I it did help me find my voice so to speak. That's what all, you know, comedians talk
0: about. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not that aware of mine. You know, I wish that, uh, <laughs> like, I always seem to be trying to figure out who I am, but you know, you, you, you seem pretty well grounded. I mean, you must have had a reasonable family life.
1: Reasonable. Yeah. Sure. I yeah. mean,
0: what'd you grow up in? Like, what's your story?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, a mom, a dad, and oh, a, really? a brother and a sister. No kidding. You had all of those. Yeah. Good for you. Older brother and older sister. Really unsuccessful pet uh, pets, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? They. I don't know. Just. Failures. Failures. As pets? I mean. <laughs> I it I it was I was probably 30 before I realized that my that our our Weimar runner Baron yeah. had not gone off to a farm. Like I genuinely I it's the thing where you hear uh you know you hear oh the dog's going off to the farm. Yeah. whatever they it's going to be put down. And and I heard you know that's just part of sort of common knowledge, the euphemism. Yeah, sure. But I literally didn't think that that
0: applied to my to your to dog. Our dog, and this is another thing you just realized. So you, it seems to me that you sit around and surprise yourself with the things you didn't know when you were younger. I really do. I, I think
1: I, like little interactions will suddenly pop into my head, and I'll be like, "Now I get it. <laughs> now I understand." That's a bad uh, feeling sometimes. Well, it it makes me sad for the adolescent me. I mean, I think a lot of it, it, I'm now at the point where I can laugh at it, but there yeah. were there were times where. Where I've where I've remembered moments or whatever and been like, Oh man,
0: how did I not? That's just sad. Yeah. Like <laughs> like times where I missed opportunities or where like did you ever have that one where like you liked a girl mm-hmm. and you had decided that she was just the perfect girl and then you realized that she was just horrible? Um Or that she was fucking the guy that's an idiot <laughs> and you're like and you thought you were treating her like a normal person and not like some strumpet.
1: Yeah. Or for me, it was more like I liked a girl and uh, and it took me 10 years to realize that she probably didn't hate me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that I had or that she didn't (laughs) think I was like the biggest loser ever. Uh, I I definitely had that a little neurosis, I think, in high school. That you were a loser. uh, Yeah.
0: Just for some. I don't know what. Well, who were you hanging out with? Losers yeah, no <laughs> uh, like like how would you characterize yourself in the in the in the, in the high school archetypes? Um, I think
1: I was uh a little bit desperate and a little bit uh, uh terrified of of females. Yeah, so terrified yeah um, and nerdy. Yeah, but 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 like, not uh, like. all I kind of knew what was cool, so yeah. I I I tried to be cool, and I had kind of longish hair at one point, and there was a little while where like, you know, leather, le- leather strap necklaces were really? cool with like a little Fimo clay really? bead or you something. You did a little that, like, kind of hippieish sure. or whatever. But I also went to a very preppy school, so that was kind of like edgy, right.
0: Um, so you wore Dock Siders,
1: but you had the hair, and the, yeah, I, yeah, I had sort of shaggy hair. Uh, but I went through—I don't know—lots of phases trying to figure it out.
0: Really? Like, did you
1: go through a David Bowie phase? No, I never got—I never went through like the that real sort
0: of Adam Ante. No, you missed mod. that. That yeah. was a little late. So you went through the uh, the slightly hippie phase. Yeah, and then how about a punk rock? No, did you spike no, it? No,
1: no, not punk rock, but but definitely like metal. A little oh, really? bit, of, uh, yeah, definitely some Sabbath. Year, oh, really? Year, like, uh, and then a little bit of great. Then it sort of transitioned into Grateful Dead. You went that classic way, classic rock. You yeah. went
0: Sabbath to Grateful Dead.
1: <laughs> well, I was trying it all. Oh yeah, I just was trying to find something that that stuck for me.
0: And then did you feel like you came full circle to you know maybe what you were in elementary school? Uh... <laughs> yeah uh i i do remember a
1: time in junior high yeah when i sort of uh when i realized like oh my gosh i'm insecure yeah <laughs> and I, it hit me and then it t- t- it took another 20 years to circle back to like right before that time in junior high where i actually be like yeah but so's everybody else and it's fine yeah you know and we're all gonna be fine
0: um but uh but like when you seems to me like when you do like movies or what you seems like you really you must not think about that anymore. I mean you you seem to commit for Christ's sake. Well, thank you.
1: I I um I do find it, there's some liberation in uh in in finding ways to I for me I love I love to find a way to love these really kind of awkward or scared characters like Andy Bernard on the office yeah. is so uh not lovable if he's a re- in real life. Right. You know if that sure. guy if that guy really did work next to you you'd despise him. Right. But um but I just uh I really wanted to love him yeah. when when we first sort of created Andy Bernard and, yeah. and uh and and so I just, if you give him a good heart and make him well intentioned, you can kind of, he can still be awful. Right. But you just root for him. You want him to do it right. And that's kind of something I guess I relate to over. I never really questioned whether or not I was a good person as a kid or as a teenager. But, but I, I definitely, uh, struggled with like pettiness and being, um, you know whether I don't know acting out in silly
0: in stupid ways right those are life struggles like we're all trying to be better people how do you yeah absolutely but how do you consciously like like when you when you deal with the character like today like what was the scene you did today um let's see did you shoot a whole show
1: well no 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 it's about five days for a show okay so we're right in the middle um and uh I did a scene today uh well you know what, I can't, I'm not going to say, because this is actually, we're the shooting Michael's oh. Michael Scott's, uh, you know, he's winding down. Oh, okay. So we're right in the middle of that, so I'm not
0: going to spoil anything. Okay, but when you when, when you say that you love the character, that just means that you approach, so you approach the character, you know, even as awful as he may seem, but you approach it with a certain amount of earnestness and like, you know, he's trying to be a better guy.
1: Yeah, just as, as long as... Um, as long as I don't question where his heart is at the end of the day, yeah, I can sort of rationalize him doing some awful things, right. and, and and that's how I think I, I am able to live with myself too. And it, you know, like all the things that that I am ashamed of, or embarrassed about, or or feel awkward about in my past, I, I try to now. I am got no point where I can sort of like give myself a little slack. Because oh, like, I think I'm a good guy, right. I think like pe- on the inside. Well, you,
0: you didn't, you didn't kill anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, you did. I, oh. a lot. A, yeah, a few, huh? a lot. Yeah, just okay. on the way here, right? <laughs> like five. <laughs> I By
1: can't... the way, I have to say, when I pulled up, you were in your front yard with a flashlight.
0: I, was trying... I thought you were robbing yourself. <laughs> I do that sometimes. I role play here at home, <laughs> and then I go back in the house and I say, "Who's out there?" And then I go out front with a flashlight. I was trying to fix a light. <laughs> so now we're the new hangover movie. Mhm. You guys were in where Thailand? Yeah. You play the same guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm still Stu Price, dentist at large. And what uh and what is the plot of this one?
1: Can we talk about that? I don't think so. I'm sorry. I hate to be a uh Oh, okay. Kind of stiff here, but um how much improvisation does Todd let you do? Todd's great about improvisation. Although he hits a wall. It's really funny working with him because We'll, we'll, like, be improvising, and then he'll just be like, please, just, okay, just do it like it's written. <laughs>
0: My mistake. At
1: some point, like, like, we'll start improvising from the very first take, yeah. and then and, and improvisation is not always successful. You right. only see in movies the part that's successful, but... Out of the 24-hour shot. Yeah, like, you spend a lot of time, like, just kind of spinning your wheels. And Todd is, uh, fortunately, we had a great script that um, Scott Armstrong and Todd and Craig Mazin had written, so yeah. uh, so we could always go back to that.
0: And you know Zach pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I go back a little ways with Zach. We overlapped a little bit in New York City. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. I it just looks like it's so much fucking fun.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good crew. how did they make sure. your tooth look like it was gone? It was gone. What? For real. Yeah, this is an implanted uh, tooth right here.
0: What are you talking about? You removed your tooth for the movie? Yeah. No, you did not. You
1: see how these all just look like chiclets? Yeah. It's because uh they're and they're too perfect. Yeah. This one uh this one I was born without. I never had a tooth there. So I had an implant put in when I was a teenager and um And they just took it out for the movie? And my dentist I didn't want to, but um but we tried all these tests yeah. and and uh with like blacking it out and stuff cuz yeah. it was in the script and then um i just said finally i kind of like brought it up and i was like i could ask my dentist if he could take this one out and and he said he could do it and it was fine and and they um, just unscrewed it well they had to like break the cap off and then unscrew it and then put in a temporary thing and all this stuff it was a little bit of a hassle but so it was really out it was really gone yeah
0: <laughs> Can you hear me wheezing? I'm now? sorry, dude. Oh, God, it's like... A, Do you want a Benadryl? Did you like? I have a lot of cats around. Is is this Mike guard no, Pop Guard no. made out of cat fur? No. <laughs>
1: I'm wheezing now. Okay, well, sound we, like Rip Taylor. I Let's feel go. bad. You're oh. just gonna wheeze. So the tooth was gone. Tooth was gone. Hundred percent. Oh, that's a commitment. That was really fun, actually. Yeah. And that that worked out. And the funny thing is, I don't even know if I've told anyone this publicly, but I was shooting the office at the same time. Yeah. I, I was doing like four days on the hangover and then three days on the office yeah. for for a while, seven days a week. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't let the office know that I'd taken my tooth out because um it affected my speech. And so I had a retainer with a fake tooth on it that yeah. I could pop in and out. Yeah. And uh, and I would pop it in and and like people close to me could tell that my speech was off. Yeah. And if you go back and watch those episodes, you might be able to tell a tiny bit. But if I had actually told them that this was a fake tooth, I would have gotten in a ton of trouble. So I bluffed my way through those like four episodes Um, because it was a contractual issue. Well, just because uh, uh, I think if they had known it, it, I would have gotten in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if it was contract. Maybe you, I'm sure there is a contract thing that's like you can't dramatically alter your, your, face, your face, your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so you pulled it off. You do sign all kinds of weird stuff. Like yeah. You, you can't you ride know. motorcycles and snow ski. And is stuff. that true? Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't want you to hurt yourself. Yeah. It, it, it's for the insurance. If you if you're a if you're like a triathlete or a, or a or a motorcycle person or like a skydiver their insurance rates go way up. So you got to lie about the skydiving. Yeah, for uh, me. Are you any of those things? Um I've ridden motorcycles. I like those, but I not uh I now I have a Vespa. You do? Yeah. And where do you drive that? Around around. I, I don't live far from here. You uh, live in the yeah. valley? No, over
0: in uh, Silver Lake. You do? Yeah. And you drive your Vespa around Silverway, mm-hmm. down to that coffee shop there, the expensive one, makes it by the cup. I'm kind of a Starbucks guy. Really? Yeah. You, I,
1: so it was a nice place I saw on the way over here, Cafe de... Ca- Cafe de, de Leche. Is that, is that good?
0: Yeah, it's nice. It's it, new.
1: He's a good guy. That looked like a cool place. So, yeah, check that
0: out. So, you seem very well adjusted. You don't seem to have, to have a lot of darkness to you, Ed. Well... Are your parents happy with you? My parents are proud, for sure. Yeah? Um, Do they come to premieres and stuff?
1: Um, when I let them. Yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't you let them? Uh, no, they're, they, they do. They come to premieres. My mom, uh, well, because I was humiliated by the, the hangover. I mean, it, it not, not in a bad way. I'm incredibly proud of it, yeah. but it's just not what you want your mom to see. And, R- <laughs> really, I don't know. I, I was scared that, uh, what was, I mean, those pictures at the end are pretty awful. And like, it's all great. I'm I, I love it's it. Funny, I think right, it's funny, it's right. funny and it's silly, but it's still like my mom's from Nashville and she um and God bless her, she's just sort of old school. Uh-huh. In that way. Doesn't doesn't think that doesn't like the dirty. Doesn't like the dirty. Uh-huh. Or doesn't
0: like her son being dirty. Really? Yeah. We you brought up in sort of like a kind of a conservative Christiany southern
1: thing. <clears throat> uh I was my my school was very much that way. Uh-huh. But but my parents weren't. My parents uh for some reason um found each other in the sea of southern conservatism and are both fairly progressive democrats. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a long tradition of like Georgia democrats. Sure. Oh, know, definitely. Jimmy yeah. Carter and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um Andy but, Andy Young. My yeah. dad actually worked on Andy Young's campaign. He was the the, the Uh, first black mayor of Atlanta
0: yeah yeah and you were you very political or no I mean am I yeah
1: I I am uh, I have strong opinions and I'm kind of a news junkie which is why I I had such a great time at the Daily Show Um, but I'm not very uh, uh, like I have strong opinions and I'll I'll get into it with people but I'm it's not something I'm Right. It's not part of my identity necessarily. Right, right,
0: Well, I like this idea that now, did you now once your <laughs> once your mother saw the uh, the Hangover? Yeah, and what was her reaction? She was crying, and I
1: couldn't tell if she was laughing or proud or horrified. Yeah, fortunately, it was some combination of the first two. Okay, she lo- she thought the Hangover. This is the thing I don't understand. My mom and all of her friends, and my mom is seventy. Her friends
0: loved the Hangover. Sure, what's up with that? That movie was huge, dude. Everybody liked it. You know why? Because uh, uh, Cooper is, is cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really covered, you know, there, were, there was something, I think the reason women like it is I thought as weird as it got, it was still like, uh, it kind of burst that bubble. It took it way over the top of what women, what are they doing? Yeah. And 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 I also think that the whole journey that because it ends up at a wedding, women love that. I mean, that movie was across the board popular with everybody because it was so fucking fun. Yeah. And it, and it just went over the top.
1: I I think one of the and this has come out of like I don't know. I get asked about it all the time and I and part of what I've sort of the conclusion I've come to is that what makes it fun and why I think I responded to the script when I first read it was that these guys do awful things, but they're just as horrified by it as everyone else. You know what I mean? They don't even know what they've done, and as they find out, they're just as mortified. Yeah, I mean, you sang yeah. a song. Did you make that song up? Yeah, the song was uh, was not total, not spontaneous in the moment, but it was something we came up with that day because I was playing that that piano was on the set, and I kept playing it uh, just to sort of make the crew laugh and goof around and stuff and then Todd was like, let's put a song in here. It's a perfect spot for it. Yeah. But when Mike Tyson started singing, how many times <laughs> did you have to do that? For the singing, when he sings the song, I think that was uh something they did separately. Oh, okay. And that was used as like a teaser. Right. But in the No, what am I talking about? Of course
0: he sings it. When we walk in. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I'm. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the, the, I'm sorry. The, the, maybe the oxygen is not getting to your head. I know. I'm wheezing to wheezing too. Well, him. let's just let's talk. <laughs> oh my god. This is, this is a first cat hair. Let's talk about Cedar uh, Cedar Rapids.
1: Yes. I'm so psyched about this thing.
0: And you are. You know. You play a straight guy. Like I mean, you're not uh, he, as much a goofball as you usually are.
1: Well, he's kind of extreme.
0: Yeah. Um, what is the plot of that movie? It's out, so I think you can share
1: it. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, that's a uh, Tim Lippy is is the is the main character, and he's from this tiny town in Wisconsin called Brown Valley, and it's like, I mean, literally three or four hundred people, and he's never left. Yeah. And he works in this little insurance office, and um, and uh, he's and then he's forced to go to an insurance convention to save his company in uh, in Cedar Rapids okay so, the, so Cedar Rapids is sort of this incredibly terrifying throbbing metropolis to him. To, to Tim Lippy, yeah. and, that, and that's sort of that's really the fun of the story is that what's so mundane and and normal to a lot of us is like utterly terrifying to Tim <laughs> yeah and it, you know it, at first blush, he looks like kind of a small town rube character or archetype. But yeah. but what I love about it is that he's actually kind of a heartbreaking figure. You learn that like he lost his parents when he was very young and uh-huh. never, never really had. Like you, it, it, it kind of rational, rationalizes how stunted he is, uh-huh. and, it's, and it's not just like oh he's from a small town so he's sheltered, no, but he's actually way more sheltered than. Like he's terrified of the world around him.
0: And and uh and and Riley plays
1: what? Riley is uh this just super obnoxious blowhard. Um but now I'll tell you about his character. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. <clears throat> um no, he plays the he plays this obnoxious guy, Dean Ziegler. Dean Z yeah. and he 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 comes to the convention every year, and it's sort of like so is his the, homecoming. And is he, he the
0: guy that's going to take uh, the, your character out of his shell and yeah. kind of do that thing? Yeah, drag him through the. Uh... Come on, man! Sort of, yeah. He's sort of the the um,
1: the the tour guide. Does it end bit. well? It does end well. Yeah, it actually ends very well, and and it gets it does it goes a little dark. It actually, the final movie is not even as dark as we wanted to make it. What well, um, got taken out? Um, well, believe it or not, in the original draft there was uh, there was like a kidnapping and uh, and like some real violence, uh-huh. and um, and what we have now is a movie that is much, kind in a good way, sweeter, uh-huh. you know, and and where whereas I loved that stuff, it had kind of a Cohen Brothers got a little thing going out there, yeah. It just seemed, it just at the end of the day um, was starting to feel like a movie that would, that you wouldn't want (laughs) to (laughs) see. Were you involved in the cutting? Um, Well, it was, a lot of that happened before we started shooting, actually. A lot of the script revisions and stuff, but. um, Is there a love interest? Yes, Anne Heche. uh, Oh, that's right. And, uh, well, actually, my little, this little nerdy character makes out with, uh, he has sex with Sigourney Weaver. Well, oh, you do. Yeah. Did you get to actually kiss her? Yeah. How was that? I have simulated sex
0: with her. Was it great? It's uh, extraordinary. Oh. You can see it in the movie. Oh my god. Um, what, it, did you have that moment where you're like, I'm having simulated sex with Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, I have it all.
1: I I watch
0: every time I watch the
1: movie. I'm I'm stunned. I, I can't like I can't even believe it. I I feel like I. Uh, I feel like it's some sort of rite of passage to have a sex scene. With, was she naked? Mm, not quite, like a you know camisole or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, that's spectacular. But uh, yeah, that's one of the that's one of the things that early on in the movie he he's having sort of an affair with the woman who was his junior high teacher, and that's Sigourney Weaver.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. And and that and she's in Cedar Rapids. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. No, no, but I mean the city, like because you said he no, came from no, a small she, city.
1: Right? He's fr- no, no. She's in uh, Brown Valley, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for a second, I was, I was like, he yes, yes, not. that all is in the movie Cedar Rapids, not real life. Let's be clear. <laughs> have you noticed a progressively wheezier, uh breath?
0: Yeah, I, in I, the no, it, it sounds all right. I, I feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel bad for you. I think it's never happened before. I should probably have Benadryl out here.
1: Are we gonna play another song?
0: Yeah, we're gonna play ourselves out. Right. Do you want to? Sure. What What's another one? Do you know any in the, in the minor chords? Because I think uh, banjo sounds. For those of you who are, uh, well, you, you've been listening the whole time. But that is uh, Ed Helms on the banjo. His new film Cedar Rapids is in uh, select theaters, spreading. And uh I think this Oh isn't that banjo wheeze? Or was that you, Ed? <laughs> what key what key was that in? That's like
1: a modal G
0: G I don't even know what I would play there. You
1: could play something minor, E minor, G G and E minor.
0: Really? G minor?
1: Yeah. Foggy Mountain Breakdown is, is G and E minor.
0: Oh, really? What's that one? We go to a D? Go to the D. Ladies and gentlemen, all right. Thanks, Mark. You bet. Ed Helms and myself having a cat ranch garage jam. I'm sorry if my guitar is a little out of tune. I I tried. Like, look, I'm not going to get insecure about it. I had a good time. Who knew? I didn't know. Ed brought his banjo. Look, folks, that's our show. Hopefully, uh, I'll be talking to you from Australia. We'll see if we can pull that together. Uh, I love you. Did I say that? Go to WTFPod.com. Kick in a few shekels. Buy a mug. Buy a t-shirt. Do whatever you got to do. Get on that mailing list. I'm pretty diligent about that. We've got great shows coming up, as always. And also, you can go to WTFPodShop.com if you want to pick up those Mencia episodes. The Robin Williams episodes. The, uh, what else is up there? All of those live at comics. Those special live episodes with tell, with Merman. All those are there. And, of course, App's. Go to the App Store. Get the WTF app for iPod Touch, iPhone, iPad, Droid. That'll let you stream all of our earlier episodes. As always, the most recent 50 are free to everyone. And those apps will enable you to stream all of the older episodes from number one. Dig that. Is there anything else I can tell you? PunchlineMagazine.com. That's good. JustCoffee.coop. That's at the site. Man, if you get that WTF plan, I get a couple... I get get a little bit of money from that. And I'm I'm on the label. That's something. Ed Helms, man. I'm fucking Banjo. Don't Google cancer.